Welcome to OOO, Out of Office, a La Vie Travel Podcast. I'm your own personal vacation planning bestie, Capricorn, and podcast host, Madison Mazio, a travel-obsessed travel agent chatting with everyday travelers to uncover hidden gems of cities, restaurants, and experiences that you won't find from a simple Google search. Because life is too short to eat bad food on vacation. Welcome to the first ever episode of OOO Out of Office. I am so excited to have you here listening to the podcast. My name is Madison Mazio. I'm a certified travel agent and I founded the company La Vie Travel Co. La Vie focuses on custom itineraries for vacation planning. So we take the stress out of all the research. We manage everything from restaurant reservations to transportation. And we also give all the travel inspo on the gram. So make sure you follow us there at La Vie Travel Co. My goal in starting the podcast is to curate a fun space where whether you're working out, cooking, doing house chores on your hot girl walk, you can daydream and light up with excitement about the possibilities of your next trip and also make sure that your next trip is as seamless and stress-free as possible. I've uncovered so many tips and tricks and hacks myself by planning so many trips for leisure and I just want to share them with you. In my spare time, I am an avid podcast listener. I am also a podcast producer. I am an eager reader. I love reading. I am reformer Pilates obsessed. I'm a home cook and artist. I actually have my master's degree in art therapy, which may have you wondering what got me from art therapy to travel and so into travel planning. And quite simply, it started as a hobby. By nature, I'm a type A Capricorn, but I'm also an Enneagram 7, which means I'm both organized and energized to travel the world. My brain just really loves being the go-to Google.girly on group trips, on vacations. I have always been the person that made the restaurant recommendation list and sent out you know, the itineraries that I made. I also made a little TikTok presence starting in 2020, sharing about my wedding and honeymoon planning journey, sharing wedding and honeymoon planning tips. And after I successfully freaking nailed that Amalfi Coast honeymoon and had the trip of a lifetime under budget, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't want this to end. And I booked two international solo trips that were also pretty life-changing. Fast forward to where I am today, which is launching a travel business and podcast. Food, as I mentioned, is also super important to me. I'm Italian and Creole. It's in my blood to be a foodie. So the Lavi Travel Co. motto is that life is too short to eat bad food on vacation. And I live by that rule, seeking out the best of wherever I go. Each week, I'll interview a guest on a specific topic related to travel, focusing on specific cities in Italy or France or Thailand, as well as group trip planning like bachelorette parties and even honeymoon planning. Since we are women-founded, owned, and operated, I thought it was appropriate to focus our debut episode on solo female travel. It is something I am so passionate about, and my guest today is also extremely well-seasoned in this department. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our first guest ever on OOO, Jennifer. 
a little bit about Jennifer. She is well-versed in the luxury travel space and has worked at hotel industry powerhouses, such as the St. Regis and the Four Seasons, as well as a travel agency in the heart of San Francisco. She has also made a name for herself in the luxury design space and in her spare time has traveled all over the world many of these trips as a solo female traveler. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Oh my God. Thank you so much. It's so sweet. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. And one thing you all need to know is that Jennifer is not only a travel girl boss powerhouse, she is also one of my besties. She lived with me in college. And let me tell you, that takes a certain kind of human. And uh, she was one of my bridesmaids in my wedding. She's just the perfect person for me to have on the podcast. She's the person I call when I spontaneously book a trip and says, yeah, yeah, you should do that. Well, I love you. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited. It's like, you know, you have friends that will always say, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do this and that. And it's like, you're the person that says, I'm going to do a podcast. And a week later, I get a Zoom invite being, take a time, bitch. We're we're recording. (laughs) You're my first guest. Yes, inaugural. <laughs> As we, well, okay, but just like, you know, you said you're that friend that is, you know, people will say, oh, let me know if you need anything. Let me know if you need anything. And you're like, yeah, I'll be on the podcast. Absolutely. Tell me when. Send me a date. Send me an invite. Confirm. Anything for you. Uh, thanks. You're the greatest. Okay. So I want to just get the ball rolling and ask you what inspired you to embark on your first solo female adventure and what were some of the initial challenges you faced and where did you go? Where was your first solo female travel adventure? So in college, as you mentioned, I worked in hotels and I worked a lot of overnight shifts, which (laughs) takes a lot of mental stability to be able to just handle that. But during college, it was good because I got to, you know, finish my homework and, and, you know, it wasn't busy during the middle of the night. So I got a lot of time to just get things done. I would have to take breaks just because doing homework can get boring and you get sleepy. You know, you got to be up until 7am. So I would put the homework aside and kind of move over to this idea of just wanting to see the world, see everything and wanting to just kind of put a couple outfits and everything I need in a backpack and just see the world. So I had kind of come up with this huge world tour of hitting all the continents and doing all these crazy things and, you know, traveling Europe by train and whatnot, which was fun and passed the time. And as you know, the best part of travel for me personally, one of the best parts is researching and like knowing what's, what's going to happen and what I can expect. And, you know, looking at blogs and YouTube videos and stuff like that. So that was fun for me. And that was really just a survival mechanism because I hated working the overnight shift. So I'd come up with this big, huge grand idea that I was just going to give up my place in, in the city in San Francisco and, and just go. And I was like, I should, I should try a solo international trip with a two week cap, not giving up my job, not giving up my, my place in the city and just like making sure that I like it and that it goes okay. (laughs) So I booked a trip to Thailand. Um, you can find very cheap flights to Thailand and have a really wonderful experience on a low budget, which was the great part about living in San Francisco. Like everything was cheaper. <laughs> you go on vacation, everything's cheaper unless you go to New York. But so yeah, I had planned to stay in uh, Bangkok. I flew into Bangkok and I stayed there for two nights. And then I planned to have the bulk of my trip really in Phuket, Thailand. 
So spent the two days in Bangkok, flew over to Phuket and Phuket, Phuket's amazing and beautiful, but it was absolutely not what I was expecting. (laughs) That was a great lesson for me. I just simply did not do the research. Mm. I was was looking for kind of an eat, pray, love moment. And looking back in my research, I should have landed on Bali because I was at the beginning of my like spiritual journey, whatever you want to call it. And I was, I was, that's what I was looking for. I wanted to just like meditate and and be in nature and the rainforest, whatever. And Phuket is a party town and it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of nightlife and a lot of drinking, which was like cool and fun, but uh, that just wasn't what I was looking for. And I was kind of like surprised by it. So there is no way to kind of cut corners on researching. You need to make sure that you know what you're getting into. And I was, I don't know how old I was at the time, like 23, 24. And it ended up being fine. Like I was able to, to quickly adapt. But at first I got there, I was like, oh, this is, this is not what I thought it was. <laughs> I think, you know, with Instagram, which was like really taking off, I feel like for us during college, like it was going really you know, fast during high school, but then college was like the peak and it just really hasn't fallen off. You know, TikTok's given some uh, competition, but with Instagram showing all these destinations and uh, glamorizing them, you're like, oh my gosh, the islands, I have to go see those blue waters. And you don't see the frat boys chugging the cheap beers (laughs) on the beach. Absolutely. And just passed out at 6am when I'm trying to go on a sunrise walk. And I was just... (laughs) Not the vibe. <laughs> it was just not the vibe, but I mean, it was fine. I, I got a massage every single day. Uh, another thing that I kind of learned is I tried to do too much. Mm. Uh, every single day, I was like, I need to. I mean, I'm only in Thailand once. I've never been to Thailand. This is, you know, it took me 50 billion hours to get here. I need to make sure I make the most out of it. And on the last day, I had made the decision to just like chill on the beach. And that ended up being one of the best days where I just had zero expectations. I sat on the beach. I had a little cabana and there was a bar right behind me. So I could just go grab a drink and just lather up sunscreen. When I got hot, I jumped in the water and, and there was just no expectations that day. And that was, that was the best day. And then the, the days before that I was stressing like, Oh, I have to, I have to go to the elephant sanctuary. Everyone says you have to go to the elephant sanctuary or, you know, I have to go to, to old town, blah, blah, blah. It's like, just chill, enjoy it. Like as a solo traveler, don't put so much pressure on yourself to do all the things, just be there, enjoy it, immerse yourself in it, do, you know, a couple things that go outside of your comfort zone, but just like have fun and just, just relax. I, I was going to Thailand to just chill and be like that. So I, I was upset at myself that I didn't prioritize more relaxed time for myself. That's, that's really it. Absolutely. I think one of the best travel planning advice pieces that I like to give people is make your wish list of all the dreams. If you had all the time in the world and all the energy, but also, you know, pick your priorities. What are your must see? Is an elephant sanctuary the, the only thing you came there to do? Do you want beach time? It's so hard because, you know, you don't know how well you slept on the plane or if you're next to somebody that's elbowing you the whole entire, how many hours was that flight? 14? Yeah, I think so. It was really long. Yeah. Like you, you don't know how jet lag is going to affect you. You don't know how what you're eating is going to affect you. How So it's really important to, you know, be okay with maybe not checking all the boxes. And uh, I think one of the best ways to do that is only 
picking a few concrete planned things, like things you bought the tickets for, you know, tours, spreading those out, and then kind of just having would be nices. So like when we were on our honeymoon, Italy, I was like, whoa, it'd be really cool if we could go to a buffalo mozzarella farm that's an hour and a half away. <laughs> but, you know, we didn't know if we were going to be super tired. We ended up not being super tired. We took a Vespa and had a great time. But another day where we had, you know, other dinner reservations, we we're like, no, we're tired. We've had so much pasta. We're just going to have a salad in and that's fine. And, you know, it's okay if you don't hit all the Michelin star restaurants. It's okay. If you don't eat out every night, it's okay. If you don't go to the elephant sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. Just have your key points. And at the end of the, of the day, as long as you're not just sulking in your hotel room, you're there, you know, you're at least outside and hanging out at the beach or sitting at a table, people watching, like people watching is so underrated. That's a huge part of travel that I love. And I, I make sure to schedule that into just trips is just watching people, especially if you're in a place where there's a lot of locals, like there wasn't a lot of that in Phuket. There's, it's a very tourist centric town. So you're not going to just see locals really walking around and living their daily life. But if you're in a space like that, like pencil that in, cause that's, that's a part of the experience is just, you know, it, that's how it's authentic. Absolutely. I think especially while you're solo traveling and then sometimes you can end up making connections because you're people watching and you're like, hey, that seems like someone that matches my energy and vibe and I would like to be their friend. Totally. Totally. Okay. So also, I think one of the biggest questions other women or people who have marginalized identities and who want to solo travel want to know are what are some essential safety tips that you would recommend when traveling alone? And how do you prepare for unexpected situations? Yeah. I mean, this is huge. Um, and this was a learning curve for me being the type of person that wants to, that seeks out really authentic experiences that tourists, basic tourists aren't going to have. Like I, I'm the kind of person that wants to just get into the town where the locals are and dine where the locals are and not be with the tourists and, and have these real experiences. But as a solo traveler, traveler, female traveler, at least when you're getting started, you need to kind of like stay on the beaten path. If, if that's like a, a saying, but just be safe, go on the excursions that everyone else is going on. And if you're kind of going to wander off and do your own thing, make sure that you, you know where you're going and that you have a plan B for transportation. You know, make sure if there's not Uber wherever you're going, make sure that you have the number for a cab driver or something stashed away. Like a great example would be at your wedding, actually. Your wedding was in upstate New York relatively remote area and they didn't have Uber over there and I didn't want to get a rental car. So I had planned for the the staple places that I needed to be like the rehearsal brunch and the dinner and, and the actual, the actual wedding. I knew how I was getting from point A to point B, but for anything else, I wasn't prepared for anything unexpected. Like, so I had checked into the hotel and I had seen that there was a brochure rack and there was a couple of business cards for cab drivers in town. So I was like, oh, great. Let me like snatch these, have in my wallet just in case, like worst case scenario, if, if the person that's driving me is, ends up, you know, drinking too much or whatever, like I need to make sure that I have a plan B for transportation. I didn't end up needing it, but one of the bridesmaids, I don't remember who it was, one of the bridesmaids, significant others missed the, you know, the bus from the hotel to the venue on the day of the wedding. 
And they were freaking out because they didn't know how they were going to get there because they didn't have Uber. And I was like, Hey, no worries. Like pulled out this business card out of my wallet. I was like, call this number guys. (laughs) And they were able to get there. And that's like, so, so important, especially if you're somewhere international, especially if you're somewhere where you don't know the language, you need to always have a plan B for transportation, like a hundred percent splurge for the international phone plan. Yes. Essential. Please. Don't cheap out. I know it's, you know, it can be expensive, especially if you're on a longer trip, like two weeks times $15 a day. It's like, I could, I could get away with it. Don't just, just get the international plan, have your passports saved, you know, have a, have a, a physical copy of your passport in a different location in your luggage than where your actual passport is just in case and have a, a PDF saved of your passport you know, somewhere in the cloud, email it to yourself, whatever that means to you. Don't be stuck in a foreign country <laughs> without <laughs> a passport. That would, that's, that's on my list of like worst case scenarios. <laughs> yeah. I actually have this like mini bless my mom that got this for me, but this mini passport bag that's I can actually put in my purse, even in my wallet that I keep on me at all times. Unfortunately, you never know when you're going to get stopped by police or immigration or anybody. So just have it on you. Even like you can get those little air tags, like just something that is an important document, especially while you're traveling. And an even further plan B is knowing where to go at the location you're going. If you you do lose your passport and what to do that extra level of preparation. I mean, you can't hurt yourself with having that information. Absolutely. Yeah. Air tag everything, especially if you're checking bags, it'll just save you when you're solo traveling. You just need to take all these extra precautions that just seem like extra and over the top, but don't, you don't want to wish that you did it. Uh, I agree though. I argue if you are solo traveling Honey, we're going to talk next week with a guest who specializes in in this, but just have one bag and don't check it. Carry on your bag. Just have a bag. Carry it on. I don't care if you're going a month. I don't care if you're going three months. One bag. Trust me. You'll thank me later. North Pole and you have to have all this crazy big jackets and luggage wear it on the plane and have one carry on. Like, that's it. That's it. Yeah, extra blankets. It's great. And then kind of the last point for safety is making sure that you're respecting, you know, the cultures and tradition. If you're going to, I don't know, like Dubai and Qatar, if you're, if you're doing a little Middle East trip, don't us next year. (laughs) Yes. Don't, don't wear your club dress out. Like it's, that's disrespectful. You need to be covering your shoulders. And even if it seems simple, like you're in Thailand and you want to go see a, a temple and it's 115 degrees outside with like 90% humidity and you just want to wear a tank top, but you're going into a temple. It's, it's respectful to have your shoulders covered. And you know, it's like, okay, I'm wearing a tank top. I'm no, I mean, no malicious intent here, but know what you're getting into and, and, and be respectful. Like you're a guest, um, be respectful. Absolutely. I think that's so important. Another thing that's really important and something that I do is make sure somebody, if not multiple people, has your location at all times and that you have an emergency plan just in case, God forbid, something happens. Also, we talked a little bit about social media, kind of watching what you're posting. I mean, I have a tiny following, but even so, you just don't know who's following you, especially even if you do know everybody that's following you, you don't 
know how they feel about you. And so I personally don't post when I'm traveling solo. I don't tell anybody that I meet that I'm solo. I usually have something like, oh, my husband is sleeping with jet lag in the hotel or I'm meeting up with friends or blah, 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 having a backup. It's not really emphasizing the fact that you're alone. Again, just for extra precaution. Yeah. Yeah. And even if that makes you feel more confident about traveling solo, sometimes you can get in your head and be like, everyone's here with their their significant other or with their friends and they're having the best time and I'm here alone and I like chose to be here alone. You know, maybe that gives you a little boost of confidence to be like, oh, my friend is just not feeling well. She's like, she's at the hotel or, or, you know, my husband, he's doing something else today. He's, he's on a cigar tour whatever. Like you can lie. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. You're never going to see them again. These are white, the white lies for your safety, babe. Yeah, Do it. Safety. You're like, you're good. <laughs> Okay. Big question. How do you choose your travel destinations as a solo female traveler? And what factors do you consider when planning your itinerary as big Google Doc planning girlies? Nothing too calculated. I mean, I'll just, I'm, I'm very much, my first pick is going to be a tropical beachy warm. Yeah. Same. So that kind of always narrows it down. And I mean, it's as simple as typing into Google solo female travel destinations for 2023 and seeing what pops up. And and as you do that, you start to find your favorite bloggers. There's a a woman, her name is, I don't even know her name, actually. Her name is a a blonde abroad. Yeah, I follow her. I love her. As a blonde abroad. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I love her stuff. I always see her posts because I know that she's, you know, going to put it, put it real and you know, she, she scopes out authentic experiences, but also is safe. So I, I mean, I love her page, whatever she kind of recommends I'll I, I take heavily, but yeah, I mean, it's just really just Google search and again, figuring out where you want to go and planning the destination, planning what you're going to do is the most fun part for me, aside from actually being there. So doing that research is, is not hard. It's I'll, I'll spend hours and days and months researching on those kind of things. And it just, you know, at some point you're like, okay, Thailand seems to be the common theme here. So I I can totally relate to that. As you know, I will just hyper fixate on it and research all the things I can. And that is, that brings so much joy, but for a lot of people that brings so much stress. So that's why, you know, I founded La Vie so that people who that brings a lot of stress for, they could go to someone like me who's like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with doing this. Please let me do this for you. You know, we'll feed off each other. We'll be like, hey, should we go to Oman? <laughs> Which is, oh, that's next year, baby. Yes. <laughs> We're doing a whole tour. Speaking of friends, I was really surprised. Like, I don't know. I think my first couple of solo travel experiences, I was a little nervous. So I was like, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm just going to eat good food and enjoy my experiences. And I ended up making so many connections. So I wanted to ask you, how do you approach meeting new people and making connections while traveling solo? And what advice do you have for other women, um, guys, gals, non-binary pals who may be hesitant to do so? Yeah. I, when I'm solo traveling, I will purposely put myself in spaces where there are other solo travelers. So a great place to do that is a hostel. I don't love sharing spaces with people. <laughs> I know that about you. <laughs> I, I like to have my own bathroom. I like to have my own space. So the hostel that I stayed at, I specifically picked it because I could book myself a private room. And it was like a very small amount more per night to have my own private space. And it was worth every penny to me. 
So at the end of the night, I could go up to my room and I could, you know, shower in peace and and go to bed in peace and not worry about anyone stopping in drunk at 2am or whatever it might be. But I could also walk down to the lobby that had, you know, a breakfast for everyone and and people that stay in hostels are typically solo travelers. So I would yeah. go down there and, and have breakfast or, or grab a drink. And one time I was like, I think I was just waiting for the bus to come pick me up for an excursion. And this one guy had come down he was like, Hey, can I sit with you? And do you want to draw with me? And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> Turns out he was like from San Jose and he just gave me a paper and like shared his colored pencils with me and we just drew. And at that point I wasn't like a huge artist or anything, but I was just like, this feels good. Like, that's cool. But all it took was just sitting down in one of the communal tables. And, and if you're uncomfortable doing that, bring a book. I, I discourage being on your phone. Cause that, I don't know, that just feels more standoffish to me, but like, bring a book or, or a journal or do something that's a little bit more like warm and inviting. And like that just attracts people. So yeah, that, that worked out really well for me and and really researching what amenities are going to be at that hostel or, or wherever you're staying, like hang out at the pool if there's a pool there and, and, you know, you could talk to people. It's okay. You know, and especially if you're going on excursions and you're getting on the tour bus, like if there's other people sitting Hi, good morning. Nice to meet you. I'm Jen. I'm from Los Angeles or wherever. And talk to and make sure you talk to every single person. And you know, when you get to the location or even on the bus, like people are gonna talk to you because they're like, oh, that's Jen. You know, and I mean that's just a rule of thumb for life, but just be like warm, inviting, and confident. And as you do it more, you know, you get better at it. But just be just have a presence. You know, you don't have to like hide in the corner. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You're having fun. Yes, absolutely. I I think excursions are some of the best ways to meet people, especially if you go on larger group excursions. One, there's kind of like a safety component to it. Two, it's usually a lot cheaper and you're going to meet some more people. Also, you know, if if you're interested in going to some of the touristy things, like an example, I was in Norway, Tromsø, and I was going to do a Northern Lights tour. And I met so many incredible people on that tour. But before the tour, I went to the ice bar. And okay, like the ice bar, that's the tourist bar. It's made of ice. You know, that is like Tourist Trap 101. But I'm like, this is fun. This is kitschy. It's a good place to grab a drink. And I met this great couple. And we ended up doing a polar plunge in the, <laughs> like, under Northern Lights that you weren't supposed to see because it was where the light pollution was and we still saw them and it was so magical and I we're friends on Facebook to this day you know so I love that yeah I yeah. I love that you just drew with someone y'all know I have an art therapy degree so I am very encouraging of people making art even if they don't feel like they're artists yeah. <laughs> everyone's an artist yeah and don't be intimidated by people that are already in established partnerships or groups that they're traveling with because I mean, typically, (laughs) if you're traveling with one other person for a long time, typically you're going to want like a little bit of a break. And if someone new comes in the group that you can like vibe with, sometimes that's nice for for involved because it's like, oh my God, I'm so tired of you. Like I can, I could just focus on this person now and like we can get a break from each other. And then after that, you're like fine. So it's not like you're intruding on someone's personal time. 
like sometimes it's, it's good for everyone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We did a cooking class in Ravello and it had nine other couples and it was so fun. We bonded with like each of them individually. We exchanged yeah. numbers with a bunch of them. I think even one of them, like during football season, my husband was texting one of them about his team that was doing well. <laughs> we met, just, you know, cooking in Ravello. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, okay. The most important question of all, how has solo female travel impacted your personal growth and perspective? And what advice do you have for women who may be considering embarking on their own solo travel adventure? I mean, tremendously your, your relationship with yourself is the most important thing, like truly the most important thing. And sometimes people aren't necessarily ready to jump into a two week solo trip to Southeast Asia on their, on their own when they've never even been to a dinner by themselves. Take yourself out to dinner, take yourself out on dates, you know, go sit at a bar and have a drink alone. If you're, you know, if you want to do that, but you're just not quite ready for it, like that's a great place to start. Or even, you know, you live in California or Arizona, like take a trip to Florida. Like it's somewhere where you can use the U S dollar. Everyone speaks English. It's not, you don't have to focus as much on the technicalities and more just focus on, okay, how can I make sure that I have a good time with myself? And a lot of people can't do that. Not that they can't do that or they, not that they can't do it, but that they've never tried or never really had the desire to. But once you do it, it's like, I mean, that's one of my proudest things that I tell people is like, yeah, I went to Thailand by myself for two weeks when I was 23 or 24. Like that's, that's one of my proudest moments. And, and now I'm in life, now in life, it's like, okay, I would love to go to uh, Sedona and and if Maddie can come great, but if not, I'm going to still go. And like, I'm still going to have that experience. Like that's, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Maddie's coming, but <laughs> But you need to still pursue it, even if people aren't going. And that's, I think that was a huge reason why I went to Thailand too, was no one could get the whole two weeks off. And I didn't want to go for just like a, a quick minute because the flight was like, yeah. so, um, so no one could really commit to it. And I was like, I, forget it. I'm going to go. And I, and I get it like shade to anyone that couldn't make it. Like it's, that's a big commitment, but I still wanted to go, you know, you just, just do it. That that is so similar to my approach to solo trips. I'm just like, okay, I'm booking this. If you can come, please come. If you can't come, I'm still gonna go. Hundred percent. Yeah. Who cares? No one remembers anything. Like no one's paying attention to you. And if they are, they're probably just admiring you. I know when I'm out and I see solo diners and they're enjoying themselves, that I'm like, wow, what a cool person that they can just come out here on a busy Friday night and hang out at this restaurant alone and have just the time of their life. Like that's someone who's so secure and confident in themselves that they can just have fun and enjoy themselves so that, you know, they don't care. Like that's an elevated human. I literally didn't even realize like, it was weird. I actually put it out, out an Instagram poll because somebody said like, Oh, you feel confident eating by yourself. I've eaten four course meals by myself. Like, yes. I'm like yeah, dude, this is good. I'm, Fine dining by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, so piece of it piece of advice. Do you have like a specific piece of advice? Just just do it. Have fun. Like I I was, I think I was more stressed. I I spent a lot of time being stressed about being like, is this safe to do this? And 
what's it going to be like here? How am I going to be able to get back? Blah, blah, blah. Like if you're stressed or worried about a certain situation, either just muster up the the courage to just go and do it or, or just chill out, hang out at the beach or wherever you are, just like have fun. At the end of the day, you're in a new place and no matter what you're doing, you're still going to look back and have great memories because you you're, you're in a new space and it's, you're immersing yourself in this new culture. You're smelling the air, listening to the way that people talk. Traveling is so wonderful. Even if it doesn't seem significant when you're actually in the moment, you're like, I'm wasting my time just sitting here and not doing anything. But when you, when you come home and you give it a couple of weeks and you look back, you're like, I wish I would have spent more time doing that. Just, just relaxing, enjoying myself. I'm, I'm, that's me personally. I'm kind of a, a high strung person that's like needs to be productive and like doing something at all times of the day. And like, that's something I'm working on. And that's, yeah. When I look back on my Thailand trip, I'm like, I wish I would have just chilled out. <laughs> but I think that's amazing advice. Okay. So on this podcast, it is an absolute rule that everyone needs to answer the question. Two questions. I'm going to start with the first one. Where is your favorite ever city you have ever visited thus far and why? Favorite city that I travel to is different than my favorite city. My favorite city is San Francisco. Nothing will nothing will come in the way of me in San Francisco. I love that city. That's like my heart. In the dictionary of San Francisco, if there's not a picture of Jennifer Buell, it's not an (laughs) accurate depiction of like, she's like the mascot of San Francisco. She has my heart. Oh, yes. Yeah. That you. Okay. Yeah. So that doesn't count that you've traveled to not lived in, you know, ran an empire at The, the favorite city. My favorite, one of my favorite trips was when I went to Mexico city. I was seasons at the time. And I had, I had worked there for a few years and I had earned some complimentary nights from any force. Yeah. So basically the only one that was available for like the time frame that I had open was the four seasons in Mexico city. And I mean, four se- you can't go wrong with the four seasons, the four seasons. Yeah. So bougie and so nice. I love it. We uh, love the four seasons. <laughs> yeah. Was it an authentic, uh, Mexico city experience? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But I went with my friend Annie and she had some friends, friends slash family that lived there. And she also spoke Spanish. I I can speak Spanish, but it's, it's broken and it's, it's not great, but it's, it's very intermediate. Like my Italian. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I could get around, but it was like lovely having her there. Um, so, and it was their independence day weekend. So everyone was just super jazzed. It was a holiday weekend. And we ended up going to this family friends, like independence day family party. And, you know, we blew off fireworks and the food was amazing. Mexico city is just beautiful. It's spectacular. It's just so colorful and vibrant and the people are lovely. It was, it was a great, great experience. So Mexico city was awesome. The food was so good. And just, just fun. Like people know how to just like live and have a good time in Mexico city. So that that was my favorite, favorite city. As a diehard foodie, I have heard so much about Mexico city and the food and the culture and the art. And I am dying to go. It is on my list, but that does bring us into a great transition into question number two, which is what is the best meal you have ever had on vacation? You're asking me this because you know the answer. Take a guess. You recommended it. You recommended it. 
Oh. Now, two months ago. If you're going to this location, you don't eat here, then you're, you didn't go. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. It's Commander's freaking Palace in New Orleans, Louisiana, where my mom is a third generation born and raised. <laughs> OMG. The best recommendation. I mean, it's a pretty penny and if there's a dress code, like, but it was a whole experience, like even just getting ready for it and like packing my outfit was part of the experience. And oh my God, like, I, I don't know how many courses it was, like seven, maybe I was, I, I waddled out of there, but oh my gosh, every single bite was just like, I've never tasted something this good. And then I would have the next bite and be like, I've never had something this good. <laughs> it, just, it just continued the entire, the entire experience and the service is incredible. It was, it was absolutely lovely and wonderful. Okay. So I would say that at La Vie, our New Orleans food recommendation is truly the best of the best, given how essential food is in my family and how many times um, I personally and my family have been to New Orleans. But I'm going to let y'all know that's number one mandatory. We go every time. You know what? I I, I will spend it. I'd rather stay in the worst hotel and eat there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just just do it. It is life changing. Even if you can only go one time, it is uh, you know they have a jazz brunch. Their dinner is amazing. It is quite. I feel like it is just like a quintessential upscale New Orleans experience. Yeah, yeah. I had never had a di- I, and I love dining experiences. Like if there's a tasting menu, get the tasting menu. Okay, don't <laughs> a la carte. No, 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 no. You're getting the tasting menu. I know it's expensive. Okay, everyone. Even like, solo, it's cheaper. If you're solo, you're actually you're kind of spending as much as you would spend if you're with another person and comping their meal. So exactly, exactly. Just just do it. Just do it. It was it was phenomenal. Okay, Jennifer. Well, this has been lovely, but you're not off the hook yet. I have to play a game. I love games. And I think that we need to finish up um, with a little travel. Would you rather? Oh, okay. Hit me with it. All right. First up, would you rather miss your flight or lose your luggage for the entire trip? I would, I would rather miss my flight. I could figure out another way to get there. I actually disagree. Really? I would rather lose my luggage because I I would just be so disappointed. I would figure out another way to get there. But like, what if it's like the next day and you lose a day like that would drive me insane. I'd rather just go shopping with the complimentary money that they give you for losing your luggage. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want either. (laughs) <laughs> this is what you rather, Jennifer. Neither. <laughs> not not option. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would stay with with the whole flight. I don't I don't want my luggage to go missing. I've heard horror stories. I have plenty of friends that worked at airports. I don't I would just expect it to never come back. The, but that's listen, that is a great reason why you don't check your luggage and you only have a carry-on because you're not going to Exactly. It. Exactly. Right? Yes. Overhead. Okay. Ooh, I'm really curious to see what you're going to say. I think I know the answer, but would you rather travel first class everywhere, but only stay in two star hotels or stay in five star hotels, but fly in a middle seat economy every time you fly? I will fly in the the cargo underneath the (laughs) 
if I can stay at five-star hotels, like, no, I am so, my view on nice hotels is so twisted because I've worked in luxury hotels with my not luxury hotel budget. (laughs) I love luxury hotels. (laughs) I know. I kind of feel like that I would rather fly first class and stay at a two-star because my, okay, this is my logic is like, oh, then I just won't stay at the hotel. But that's like that go, go, go mindset. And truly, if you're going somewhere to relax, it's so important to have a nice, comfortable hotel. But I'm, "Eh, if it has a bed and a bathroom, I'm good. It's so funny that we're like completely opposite so far. (laughs) I know. Okay. I think this one is really difficult. I think I might surprise you on this one. Okay. Would you rather fly for free forever or eat for free forever? That's tough. Because like the monetary value probably, probably evens out, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty good at finding cheap flights. I probably, I probably want to eat for free. I like to remove any stress on the actual vacation that I can. Like, that's why I really loved that one time that we went to Dominican and it was all inclusive because there was no thought in my mind about like, how much does this cost? Like, oh my gosh, you know, cause when you're on vacation, you try really hard to just be like, I want to enjoy the experience. If this is worth it financially for me, I'm going to do it and worry about the bank later. <laughs> the bills are coming next week. No worries. Um, so if I could like remove that layer, but then maybe I wouldn't go as many places. Shit, I don't know. I know it's so hard. So like my actual initial thought was again, the opposite because I was like, well, I don't really care if I'm spending a lot of money on food because also I usually kind of like doing a combo, like having like a super nice meal, but then like street food or, you know, farmer's market and free flights. I could go anywhere all the time. But if you think about it, say you pay a thousand dollars to go to Italy for two weeks, eating for free in Italy for two weeks is going to be way. Yeah. So I think, I think I would eat for free as well. Yeah. Final answer. I'd eat for free. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. We're both great at finding cheap flights. That's Mm -hmm. what matters. Fly on Wednesdays, book on Tuesdays. It's Tuesday today. If it's Tuesday, when you're listening to this, go check flight prices for me. Hop on the old hopper. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Would you rather wake up feeling refreshed after every sleep, but never be satisfied when eating a meal? Like you're never full. You're always hungry or always be totally satisfied after eating, but always wake up groggy. Um, Food is more important to me. Like I will rally. Like I, yes, I love to have a good night's sleep, but I would, I would happily give that away. Like food is the most important thing to me in the world. So. Okay. So I also agree that food is the most important thing to me in the world. Um, Sleep is a close second and I would rather have energy because I feel like I'm already always hungry even (laughs) after I've eaten a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Neither. (laughs) Neither. I want both. I want to have great meals and have a good night's sleep. (laughs) FYI, everyone, if you're not keeping score, we've been opposite at at least at the beginning of every single one of these, which I absolutely love because they do feel like we're very compatible in so many ways. 
Okay, we're about to agree on this one. Okay. And I know it. Would you rather only be able to travel with a carry-on for the rest of your life or always have to travel with two big suitcases, even for short trips? Carry-on. Overhead. Put it in the overhead. Carry-on for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't like to have a lot of stuff. Like, you don't need a lot. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We had two suitcases on our honeymoon because we went straight from our domestic destination wedding to an international destination honeymoon. So we had two suitcases each. And it was fine because they weren't huge. We took two carry-on sizes, but I was still, this is so annoying. I wish I just had one suitcase. Yeah. But if it doesn't have the like, I don't know what they're actually called, but the four rollies so that you can just push it rather than drag it like a, like a backpack. <laughs> yeah. How do you guys take duffels? I don't know. People that have duffel bags are a different level of like, strong because I yeah. would be very irritated. Yeah. Like, even with the Louis, I'm like, oh, I, I love it. I respect the look, but you're just, you're doing too much right now. I'll take my Amazon four rollers. Yeah. Out. This is a fun one. I think we're also going to agree on this one. I could be wrong. You might surprise me but would you rather swim with wild dolphins or spot wild monkeys swinging above you in the forest throughout a hike probably monkeys i'm <laughs> i'm excuse I'm, me I'm scared of the ocean i'm not gonna lie like, oh yeah i did know that about you scary scary place to me like i mean as as wonderful as it sounds in theory like swimming with the dolphins like that that to me is panic immediate death (laughs) okay I yeah I I miscalculated that when I forgot that about you I'm not afraid of the ocean like literally I am meant to be in the ocean I'm a mermaid if that's the way I've got to go that's the way I'm gonna go so dolphins take me it's fine no I I love the ocean just not like being in it yeah (laughs) all right well that was the end of our little game thanks for participating thank you those were tough questions i i know i tried i tried to pick ones that really made us have to think (laughs) having me this is uh, amazing this is my first podcast experience your debut episode like wow we're doing things Uh, yes we're doing things meant to be Um, we're definitely gonna have to have you on again one because you're my bestie and i love you and i could just talk to you all day but also we haven't even gotten to talk about luxury hotels i mean that's a whole other freaking episode because you are the guru you've been in it you know all the tea on the celebs but (laughs) absolutely anytime i'll be here next week (laughs) no and we're definitely gonna have podcasts after we go on some of our trips together because like we said oman 2024 baby Yes. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And for all of you still listening, thank you so much for tuning in to OOO today. Don't forget to follow me at Sunshine and Softness on Instagram and TikTok and Lobby Travel Co. on Instagram. Wait, 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 wait. Jennifer, where can our listeners find you? Or do you not want them to find you? It's okay. Oh, you could find me. I'm just not very active. But, you know, now that I have a fan base of out of office lovey podcast podcast um maybe i'll start posting my instagram is jbb so j a y b e e b e e e i believe you can find me on maddie's <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm definitely following her she's tagged in my photos <laughs> by the way she's blair waldorf in my phone just so you guys know yeah. <laughs> you asked me to send send yourself something send myself something from your phone and I was like where am I <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh Blair <laughs>
<laughs> all right. And also make sure you all visit lobbytravelco.com to book your next trip. And remember, life is too short to eat bad food on vacation. If you have the urge to get up and travel after watching this episode, just say la vie. We'll see you next week. Bye. Love you.